Welcome to Local St. Charles. This podcast is done in conjunction with the Greater St. Charles County Chamber of Commerce and focuses on local businesses, their successes, their stories, and their challenges. The Local St. Charles podcast is produced by Changescape Web. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Local St. Charles podcast. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Greg Bardley. He's got a lot of certifications and a lot of education background that I'm going to let him tell you about. Very impressive. You are with Amari, is that correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Tell me, how did you decide to get into pedorthics and what is pedorthics and a pedorthist and why did you decide to start your business? The reason for getting into the field was actually my grandmother who passed in 2005. So she was a type 1 diabetic, insulin dependent on dialysis. Just due to complications with the diabetes and foot problems, she ended up going through issues with her feet, which caused amputation. And then I ended up working for a shoe store in college. And this shoe store was a running store that also had a pedorthist on site. So I got to see him go through what a pedorthist does. And it's funny how God or the universe works because the same place that my grandmother went to to get her therapeutic shoes and inserts ended up being the same exact place that I did my residency at and then worked for for a while. So that inspired me to get into the field because I had no idea what a pedora this was. I'm going to put that out there and say that no idea. I always thought that when you see someone with bracing or a boot or post-op shoes that podiatrists and orthopedic doctors did that. I didn't know there was a separate side to that that did that piece of the work. So finding that out, I had to, you know, I told myself I had to figure out how to do this and figure out how to get into this field. Started off as a tech, so I worked in Central Fab for a while. So I actually learned how to build the orthotics, build the shoes, do all of that, then went to school and came back and did my thousand hour residency. Okay. So to answer the, the question on what is a pedorthic or what is pedorthics, the official, I guess, definition is that it's the management and treatment of conditions of for the foot, the ankle and lower extremities, right? So it's to help alleviate any painful or debilitating problems or issues in the foot. I guess to simplify it, the best way to say it is a pedorthist is basically a pharmacist to podiatrists and orthopedic doctors, physical therapists. So if you have plantar fasciitis, hill spurs, ankle problems, knee problems, you go see a physical therapist, you go see a podiatrist, they do the official diagnoses, they write the prescription, and then you come see me, and that's where I take over from there. So I'm the guy that actually gets you in the proper footwear that makes the devices to help get you on, you know, back to living life, basically. So you don't do any diagnosis? No, I cannot diagnose anything. I learned everything that a podiatrist learns. I can't diagnose. You would have to have an official diagnosis from the doctor himself, the MD himself. Can you serve people who just walk in off the street, though? Like somebody has flat feet. Yes. Yes. So they, don't really, they don't really need a diagnosis. You can pretty much tell sometimes. <laughs> correct. Correct. I can service anyone, walk-ins, appointment, any of that. The biggest reason for the prescription is if there is, is something serious going on. Let's say it's a diabetic. They're getting a lot of pressure on the planter or the bottom piece of their foot and they have callousing or ulcerations are beginning to form. 
that's when the prescription is needed. But if someone has plantar fasciitis or their heels bothering them or they're complaining about arch pain, they can come in and see me and go from there. And then once I do the official assessment and gait analysis, then it's up to me to say, okay, this is something that we can treat with an over-the-counter device. Or I may look at it and say, uh, you might want to go back and see the podiatrist first and let them do a little more of a workup on you and then come back and see me and we can make the orthotic or the device from there. Okay. So what about bunions? I deal with bunions a a lot. (laughs) There's different treatments for bunions. The only thing is that when bunions start, sometimes it's hard to correct. So that would be like, if you're wanting the surgical option or something like that, then again, you'd have to go see an MD. You'd have to go see a podiatrist, but there are different ways with the shoes and the devices that we can help to alleviate any of the pain or keep it at bay. The feet are incredibly important. And I think a lot of people kind of gloss over this. I, I used to run back a long time ago. I wish I still could. I don't have a lot of cartilage left in one of my knees. So there are so many things that can happen when you put pressure on your feet that lead to other problems throughout the rest of the body. It's really fascinating and amazing how much our feet tie into our overall health and well-being and and just, just the way we feel. For sure. It's the foundation. Everything starts from the ground up. Yeah. If you're, if you pronate or if your ankle turns in, or the arch falls, ankle turns in, knee turns in, hip turns in, or rotates, basically can cause lower back pain, which is great because that's the whole purpose of proper footwear and orthotics, right? It helps to realign everything and get everything back where it needs to be in order for you to walk with comfort, basically. (laughs) So what about chiropractors? Are they good referral sources? Yes. Yes, they are. I would say podiatrists and chiropractors are probably the biggest referral sources because obviously the podiatrist deals with the feet and the ankle. um, And then the chiropractor is looking at everything from an alignment standpoint, head to toe. Yeah. You mentioned um, hip. I immediately started thinking about sciatica, which is something that a lot of people go to chiropractors for, which is an alignment issue, (laughs) Uh, which probably ultimately can be traced in part down to the feet. Tell me a little bit about your background and all your education. It looks like you love to learn, which I love to learn. So uh, that's pretty awesome. I always get excited when I see it's like, holy cow, this this guy's serious. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to be well-rounded in everything. So I spent some time in the corporate world, won some awards, sales trips, all that good stuff. Got my bachelor's degree in human resource management, went back and obtained my master's degree in leadership. Being in the corporate world was great, but I realized that it wasn't where I was supposed to be. So it drew me back to this field. I realized that I was missing my calling. Someone that I know uh, calls me a healer, basically. And everything starts with the feet. Then again, just with the background and what even introduced me to the field, I realized that I missed it. I wanted to be back. Like, this is what I wanted to do with my life and for the rest of my life was help people. Hence the reason that our name is Amari Podorthics and Orthotics LLC. But if you see, whenever you check out the website, it says restoring the rhythm to human capability. So that's the goal. That's what brought me back to the field. And I thought about it and I said, you know what? I'm going to take a leap of faith. I'm going to jump out on my own and do my own thing, which is what brought me to opening up my practice. Okay. Awesome. And your website's amaristrength.com. Yes. Yeah. Which fun fact, Amari is actually strength in Swahili. Oh, really? So that's Yeah. So that's where the name came from, strength. That, awesome. So that's where that comes from. <laughs> All right. Cool. 
So I'm board president of the Modern American Dance Company, and I watch these guys perform and just incredible athletes. And I think, holy cow, what, <laughs> what strains they must put on their bodies and their feet. So we'll definitely have to connect up with that and talk sure. more about that at a later date. I love hearing the passion that you have. It's not an easy thing to, to go out and start a, your own business. So kudos to you. And I'm glad that we can help you get a little bit of an audience here because do you have any idea what percentage of the population have problems with their feet? One, and two, how, how much of that is diagnosed? And even if it's a gut feel. I would say that obviously we're on our feet constantly. Oh, and I knew you were going to put me on the spot with that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of the number right off of the top of my head, but I would definitely say that that per a large number of that percentage would be undiagnosed, to be honest, because a lot of people will have foot problems and play through the pain. I'll be all right. I'll rest my feet. And isn't until it gets to a point where it's debilitating before they actually come see a podiatrist or someone like myself to alleviate that pain. So I, I would encourage anyone that's watching, um, go see your podiatrist. If, if you're having foot problems, ankle problems, any of those things, go see your podiatrist or come see me. And then we can do an assessment, do a gait analysis. And depending on what's going on, we can get you to the right podiatrist to further diagnose and go from there. That makes me think about workers' comp-related issues as well. I know for a fact, many workers' comp-related issues have to deal with feed and uh, and issues like that, especially people in the medical community, you know, where they work such long hours and they're on their feet nonstop. They probably are a little bit more in tune to it. But again, if you're working 12 hour shifts, you may not always have time to stop and think about yourself. So I think it's really important to take that time out for sure. You've already talked a little bit about this, but can you explain the difference between a podorthist and a podiatrist? Biggest thing is is I can't diagnose anything. So I would definitely say if you're coming to see me, don't expect for me to diagnose anything. Again, I learn everything that somewhat what a podiatrist learns, but I can't diagnose anything. The biggest difference is your podiatrist is an MD. They're trained to diagnose. They're trained to, to, to look at the symptoms, look for the symptoms. They can prescribe different medications. Some do surgery for correction. If your fascia attendant were to snap, which it can happen, very rare, but it can happen because really it's a muscle. And it so they can treat, they can do those things. Me, what all I do when you come in to see me is I take the treatment further after they have written the prescription and passed you on to me. So a yeah. lot of what I deal with is from a biomechanical standpoint, and I'm looking at it from a locomotive standpoint, whereas the doctor is more or less doing what a doctor does. That would be the biggest difference. Do you work with strength training or anything like that after? I do. I do. I am actually a NASM CPT as well. So I do do some personal training as well and look at it more from a corrective exercise standpoint, especially with, with runners, um, those that lift weights, you know, you're squatting, different things like that. Um, so not only can I look at it from that gait analysis standpoint or, or look at it from how the feet or, or contributing to whatever's going on, I can also step back and look at the whole body and say, okay, once we get this aligned, this should hopefully help alleviate some of that pain and go from there and obviously help get someone back into the rhythm because I run. I probably run maybe two, two and a half miles a day. I'm the guy that gets up and runs tough mutters and marathons and I'm a gym rat. I go and all of that. So I understand it personally, but again, because of my education and my background, I can also look at it again from a biomechanical standpoint and the feet and the alignment and understand where to go from there.
I know you can't diagnose. I'm just thinking if somebody wanted to be proactive, if they don't know if they have a problem or not, do you kind of help provide an assessment for them? I do. do. It's a, it's a full assessment. So we, when, whenever you come into the office, what I do is we'll do a range of motion tests and I'm just going to leave it at range of motion test. You would have to actually, I guess, experience it or see it to understand. But I'm, I'm looking at the foot. I'm looking at the ankle. I'm manipulating the foot and the ankle well, just to see if there's limitation, how much flexibility is in the foot, how much flexibility is in the ankle, the toes. And then from there, I actually have a treadmill with camera set up with a, a gait analysis machine. And then I'll have you walk on the treadmill so that I can look and see as you walk, how much is the ankle turning in? Where are you overcompensating when you walk, right? And then I also have technology from Atrux where I have you stand on a scanner and I do a 3D scan of the foot, which tells me where your pressure points are. So where you're getting most of the pressure on your feet. And then from there, I'm able to determine what type of device you need, what type of shoes you need. If it's something more serious that I may say, oh, you may want to go see a podiatrist before we make the device. Let yeah. them get their eyes on you that way because they may see something, again, that I may not see. They do an x-ray or and they may see something that says, ooh, okay. And then that way they can write the prescription and say, I like where you were going with this, Greg. Add this to the device. Maybe recommend this pair of shoes and then we can take it and go from there. How does insurance work? Do you accept insurance do. or or do you have to have a prescription written by a podiatrist or, or somebody like that before... You do. In order for insurance to cover, you do have to have a prescription from a doctor. Now, you can always come and see me and we can fill out the paperwork and then we can send that back to the doc and submit to insurance and all of that. But the prescription is needed now. And I want to make sure that I make this part clear, right? Because this this is something that is very important. It's something something that I've seen over the years. It also depends on your policy and if that is covered. Because sometimes insurances may only cover 50%. They may cover the whole 100%. It may be an 80-20 deal. That's something that you would definitely want to look at. And we can do that, obviously, when submitting the paperwork. But I always ask for clients and patients to do their due diligence also and make sure with that. And sometimes it may be a reimbursement piece where you come in, we take care of everything. And then once the paperwork's filled out, we have the prescription, we do all of that. You can send it back for either a partial or a full reimbursement. So, yeah. I certainly am not an insurance agent or anything, <laughs> but, <No. laughs> but it seems to me this is a pretty low cost investment to prevent a lot of potential issues down the road. So you would hope that most insurance would take this pretty seriously and have pretty decent coverage. But like you said, you've got to check with every, every single policy. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> In terms of orthotics, first of all, kind of talk about what are the typical foot orthotics? And second of all, what are like some of the misconceptions that people have about orthotics? There's different types of orthotics, but I'm going to keep it super simple and say that the two biggest pieces when it comes to orthotics is there's either functional orthotics or there's accommodative orthotics. Whereas functional orthotics are going to be more semi-rigid. They're made more for someone who's active, your runners, someone with a very high arch to help in regards to those things. Accommodative is more of, okay, there is an issue with the foot. It may not necessarily be able to be corrected, but we can make you a device to make it more bearable. So it's really more or less accommodating 
and helping to alleviate some of the pain. The biggest misconception that I will say, and it's, just, it, it's with anything, right? A, a workout plan, who, no matter who you go and see, it's with anything. A lot of people think that it sometimes is going to be a cure-all be-all. And they come in and it's, oh, I'm going to get these orthotics and tomorrow I'm going to wake up and my plantar fasciitis is going to be gone, <laughs> right? And that's not the case because plantar fasciitis is overuse, right? And with the arch falling and collapsing and constantly torquing that tendon, it's an overuse. So just like anything, it's going to take time to heal. You got to look at it from the standpoint of if you were to sprain your ankle, I may put you in a boot, doc may recommend a boot or put you in a boot. That boot is to help you heal, just like a cast is to help you heal. So an orthotic is to help you heal or prevent you from getting there, especially if you have a really high arch. A lot of the times what you need is something underneath there to help you from torquing that. So I think that's the biggest misconception. And we can go into the different types of orthotics and materials that are used and all of that. But to keep it simple for the audience, really just look at it more from a functional or accommodative piece. Are we accommodating and helping to alleviate pain or are you someone that runs 10 miles and this is overuse and we need to help you heal and get you back on track? Yeah. So you talked about high arch, but what about flat feet or low arches? Uh, So flat feet are actually more common than high arches. The majority of the population are going to have what you call a medium sized arch to a flat foot. And that depends on what else is going on internally. Because I have really flat feet myself. I wear orthotics, but my feet are, are very flexible. Also being in the field and being aware of that, I know to put on the proper shoes and and then those different things. A lot of the times what happens with flat feet is over time, your feet are going to change. This is a funny thing. I'll have people come in and I'll measure their foot and they'll tell you, I've been wearing a seven and a half my entire life, but I'm measuring them at a nine. Well, what ends up happening is, is over time, your foot's not actually growing. It's just, it's continuing to flatten and splay out. So that's normal. And that happens. And really, that's where more of an accommodative orthotic would come into play just to help unless there's flexibility in the foot. If there's flexibility in the foot and there isn't anything serious going on, sometimes a semi-rigid can help as well just to give you a little more of a boost and help. Because I actually wear semi-rigid myself. Like mine are are a polyurethane plastic that I use. It helps with the spring when I'm running or, or working out or doing any of those things. I guess one of the things Again, I'm just speculating here, but it seems to me like a lot of people might think, okay, well, orthotics have got to be big and clunky and uncomfortable. And I I buy a running shoe and I spend a lot of money on it. And now I have to get an insole replaced. I would assume a lot of people probably think those things. They do. (laughs) Myself and other podorthists that are out there, we can just about, and I want to make sure that I'm very clear on that. We can just about make an orthotic or device to fit any shoe. Okay. It just depends, though. You can't come in with stilettos and expect me to <laughs> make an orthotic for that. That that yeah. won't work. But yeah. yeah, awesome. So tell me a little bit about the CPT and your desire to move into a nutritionist type of a role. How does that really fit into what you're doing? That's a very good question. Again, I look at everything as a totality. It's not just specific to one thing because the body is very complex. I've been in the health and fitness my entire life. It's things that I've learned over time. So the goal and the purpose, again, is restoring the rhythm to human capability. So when you come in and looking at it from a biomechanic standpoint, once again, I not only want to help with your feet, but I also want to make sure that we get you back 
on track just from a lifestyle standpoint in general because your fitness your nutrition it all plays a key in a lot of things and i would say the biggest i guess patient population or demographic that i see is either runners or diabetics so with runners obviously an avid runner they take in their health and fitness and not saying that not everyone does but if you're an avid runner and you're running marathons and you're doing tough mutters and spartan races and all of triathlons and all of these things, you take those things very serious and you take your health and your wellness and nutrition very, very serious. So it's very serious. So again, for me, it was wanting to take another part of my passion and add that in to be able to help and also understand. I'm humble enough to say that, yeah, I've been working out my entire life, but I wanted to make sure that I had the experience and the education to go behind it so that when I do get that runner that comes into my office and we're talking about it from a gait analysis standpoint or a biomechanics standpoint, and we're looking at those things, what does your workout look like also? How intense is it? How intense is it? You know, how, how often are you running? Is it looking at those things and being able to understand that to truly help them get to where they need to be? The nutrition standpoint honestly comes from the diabetic standpoint. Again, my grandmother was a type 1 diabetic, my mother, my grandfather. It's a lot. I'm surrounded with that. I see it daily. A lot of the times with type 2, and again, I can't diagnose, and, and I'm not saying that it's the end-all, be-all, but again, with type 2 diabetes, a lot of that does come into play with diet and exercise. In America, we're the land of plenty. So sometimes we overindulge and et cetera, et cetera. I wanted to be able to understand it from that standpoint. And actually, shameless plug really quick, and I'm sorry for doing this. So I also actually have a barbecue sauce. Oh, that cool. is gluten-free, no MSG, no high fructose corn syrup. And that was actually developed because I wanted, and it's dumbbells and barbecue sauce. We're in 82 Schnooks. Look for it All on right. the local rack. I had to All do right. that. <laughs> but I wanted, but the, the purpose behind that was because, again, being in the health and fitness, understanding that you may have someone who is a type two diabetic and they can't enjoy a backyard barbecue. And so it was to be able to develop something where you could go out and still enjoy an afternoon with your family and friends during the summer and not have to worry so much about your macros. So yeah. I say all of that to say that that's where that piece comes on, comes in and that's how that fits. It's a movement that we're doing. Uh, my younger brother actually just opened up a gym in St. Peter's as well called Amazing Fitness, him and his buddy Chris. So it's a whole movement that we're doing that is is looking at it from that standpoint. But from, from me personally and where I fit, the impact that my grandmother's situation had on me is very important. Because again, when you're looking at it from a diabetic standpoint and you're looking at circulation and you're looking at lack of feeling and you're looking at diet and all of those things, it, it plays a huge part. And there are so many potential issues that diabetics are gonna face with their feet. My mom had diabetes as well. She loved to sew and she had pins. Yeah, I'm, I'm not much of a sewer. I don't really understand this, but yeah. you know, she also had throw rugs and sometimes those pins get caught in those throw rugs. And then she started to lose some feeling in her feet yep. and pin would stick in there. And yep. then if it turns into an infection, that's a really bad situation. So that's how it happens. That's how it happened with my grandmother is I definitely encourage anyone who is a diabetic out there, take those things serious, very, very serious. Because once you lose that lack of feeling in your foot, like uh, Kim just pointed out is that you may not know that something is going on with your foot until it gets to a point where you have to go see a doctor or yeah. even someone like myself to help 
put you in a post-op boot or alleviate those things. The other thing too, is that with being a diabetic, the immune system's compromised. It takes you longer to heal than the average person. So I would, that's very important. The other thing about diabetes is you mentioned we're in the land of plenty, but we also have massive food, food deserts in this country. Missouri has a big problem, as do many other states in the, across the country, where the easiest, cheapest food that people yep. can buy and maybe only afford yep. just fuels a trend toward diabetes. So I'm glad you're passionate about it because it's something we need to, we, you know, we need to figure out as a country for sure. Very, very true. And, and I don't want to editorialize too much, but, uh, but it is, it is a problem yeah. and I'm glad you're, you're tackling it. Yeah. So. Try, trying to, that, that's the goal. A couple more things. It looks like you're partnering with Souls for Souls. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about that? So yes, yeah, so Soul for Souls is an organization where they take gently worn and used shoes. It's all donated across the world, the, the, the diaspora. It'd be, I couldn't tell you a specific country sure. per se. You'd have to hop on the website and look and go and go through all of that. But it donates obviously for those who don't have shoes, and it also is donated and helps certain countries and other countries start their own businesses and, and entrepreneurship, little boutiques of gently worn shoes and, okay. and and different things like that. And it's something that, again, is very important to me. A lot of people don't notice about, about me, but I'm a very charitable person. I just don't broadcast it because I'm not doing it to broadcast it. But being in this industry and dealing with shoes and inserts and those things and, and coming across that organization, I was like, this is an opportunity that like it fits. This is an opportunity to give back and have the community, you know, get involved with the community and help the community give, help me give back as well. So we're doing a shoe drive on July 19th from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. I encourage everyone to bring out their gently worn shoes and donate. Also, what I'm doing uh, as well is when you come and donate your shoes, write your name and phone number down. I'm going to put it in a box and at 5 p.m. or, you know, at the end of the hour, I'm going to draw maybe three to five names and do a free assessment here at my practice. So that way you can come in and actually see what we've been talking about and what it's all about. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's not the only thing you have going on on uh, July 19th. You have a ribbon <laughs> cutting as well to kind of kick off the opening of your business. So talk a little bit about that. So that's exciting. So I obviously linked up with the chamber and, and city of St. Peter's and we're going to do a, a ribbon cutting and I'm going to have refreshments and again, the shoe drive. And it's just an opportunity for anyone who wants to come out. You can take a look at the practice. I'll show you the scanner and have some refreshments and some finger foods. <laughs> just be there to experience the grand opening and the ribbon cutting. It's been a long road. So I'm very, very excited. Uh, yeah. Almost like a, a seven-year-old kid in a, in a candy store about this. This is super huge. So yeah. Yeah. awesome. If people wanted to drop off shoes before, if that, if that time frame didn't work that you talked about, you said four to five, I think on mm -hmm. July 19th, can they drop off their shoes earlier or even after? Actually, yes, you can. So I actually have a box right outside of my office to, to okay. two boxes and you'll see it. It's a red box. It says soul for souls. Really, you can bring your shoes whenever you want. This is just the shoe drive to truly kick off the drive do a, a really big kickoff for the you know for the donation so but you can bring the shoes anytime boxes yeah. out front i check it daily so 1405 youngerman road it's st peter's missouri 63376 sweet e so you'll see it the box is right outside the door just come drop off your shoes and i'll collect them and ship them out to souls for souls headquarters yeah awesome greg thanks so much 
I really enjoyed talking with you. I love your passion. I'm excited for you uh, to get started with your business and encourage our community to come out and help you out uh, getting started, but you, because you're going to help people out too. So sure. that, that's pretty amazing. So any last thoughts? Best way for people to reach you? Best way to reach me is uh, via email. So that's going to be amari.strength87 at gmail.com. So that's okay. amari, A-M-A, R-I and then dot strength 87 at gmail.com. No social media platform right now. Um, it's coming. You can also obviously reach out to me through the website as well, which is yeah. HTTPS, you know, colon backslash backslash Amari strength.com. Right. So, okay. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Greg. I look forward to seeing you around in the community. Okay. You right. as well. All right. Thanks. Take care, man. Thank you. We want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Please be sure and subscribe to the Local St. Charles podcast in your podcast software. We'd love for you to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And please don't forget to visit localstcharles.com for more episodes, information on local businesses, free resources, and a link to set up a free consultation with the host of this podcast. Thanks again and stay tuned.